So the first thing I would recommend to anybody in, in regards to creating the story is to first consider what is your aim here? Like, what is the goal? Like, I mean, obviously you want them to buy something, but are you also trying to sell your brand? I mean, what are you trying to do? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method. It could be email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month, we're doing something a little bit left field. We've been talking about storytelling, such an important thing to be bringing into your marketing. What you say is probably more important these days than where you're selling it or telling it even. Um, So we are all about storytelling this month. We've covered a whole load of different angles on storytelling, uh, mainly around acquisition, around culture, brand, making it work throughout the whole organization. We've gone into video. In this episode, we're going to be talking product pages because they are such an important part of the conversion process, such an important part of your SEO strategy. And we have a brilliant guest, absolutely brilliant guest to take us through it all. She has failed to get on the podcast a few times, mainly my fault, or entirely my fault, or just bad timing. So it is absolutely brilliant to finally have her come in on the show, especially on such a topic she is so, so good at. So it's brilliant to have her here to to take us through the product pages. We're going to be doing a little bit, I guess, a kind of a copy strategy masterclass, I guess. We will be getting into why it's so important to get those product pages right. We'll be talking about SEO. We'll be talking about legality, sustainability, all the legal stuff you've got to get right. We'll be touching on word count, talking about duplicate content. All that kind of stuff is coming through. We'll then be talking about how you work out what to put on those with um, some really good tips around how to turn this into bite-sized chunks of work and also the process to go through to make it all happen brilliant guest coming up. So make sure you listen right to the end of the episode. So you also hear her quick fire insider tips that will help you maximize the performance of your storytelling product pages and storytelling in general, actually. And then I'm going to share my take on it all and outline a few more free ways we can help you improve your storytelling even more. So stay tuned to the end. See revenue growth like never before with e-commerce specialist Revenue Growth Agency. Revenue Growth Agency combines powerful storytelling with robust data-driven testing and learning to create impressive full-funnel digital marketing strategies, always focusing on new customer acquisition to fuel sustainable revenue growth over time. Revenue Growth Agency work as part of your own team to get under the skin of your business and your audience. If your brand has hit a revenue ceiling, Revenue Growth Agency has the key to unlock your true growth potential. Get started with a free 30-minute storytelling and strategy consultation. Quote KEEP, K-E-E-P, to get your session with Revenue Growth Agency's founder, Andy Donaldson, for free. Book via keepopt.com forward slash Revenue Growth Agency now. In this episode, I'm chatting with storytelling expert Aime Lopez. Aime is a senior copywriter and strategist helping global brands get the most impact out of their copy, from in-store signage to SEO and whole cross-channel brand campaigns. 
IMACE Agency Copy Unleashed have delivered projects for Tate Modern, Top Draw, Gobi Cashmere and multiple global brands we're just not allowed to name. And in her pitch to be on the show, IMACE even offered to run around town with the URL on a sandwich board. I am loving the commitment, I may, but I am not going to hold you to that one. But if you do it, I want pictures. Um, <laughs> hello, I may. Hi, Chloe. Lovely to speak with you and to be here. I'm so excited. It is very cool to have you here. As I said, uh, said in the intro, you have kind of been the one that got away, mainly due to my own fault over the last couple of years. So it's very cool to finally have you on the show. How did you end up in the world of storytelling and copy? Well, it's very interesting, actually. It's a very interesting trajectory. But so my background is actually in film and film production. And I went to a very, very prestigious art school in New York City for film production and cinematography. And part of the course is that they were very rigorous. They wanted to give us a well-rounded background. So we had to take, you know, script writing and we had to take acting and other things, color theory. I mean, a whole bunch of other amazing, incredible from, from instructors from all around the world. And one of the things I actually gravitated quite well to was script writing. So that kind of started me understanding what we will talk about throughout this conversation is the story arc. From there, I came to London with only 75 pounds in my pocket, two backpacks. Yes, I slept on people's couches and eventually I worked my way to the Brick Lane Vintage Market where I was working for different sellers there. And one of the people I was working for was a quite a well-known Depop influencer, Depop, the app, the secondhand selling app. She asked me one day, she's like, oh, you you have a well-known magazine here in London. At the time, I was working on a very well-known magazine that I that was mine with other two other women. And she's like, do you mind trying out some product descriptions for me for my Depop shop? You know, like, you know, when it's quiet, you know, do you mind helping me out with that? And I was like, sure, why not? And I was getting paid minimum wage, which is very, which, you know, is different, I guess now. And um, so, yeah, that's how it started. And the thing is, is that for me, when I started reading the customer reviews, a lot started coming in where they were actually quoting the product descriptions. That's where the bug bit me. Wow. So that's one of those qualitative benchmarks for have you done the product copy right as if the customers are quoting it back to you you because product copy as we I know we're going to be getting into so partly stealing your line here but product copy has to reflect what the customer wants to hear so if you if they're sending it back that must be kind of like gold star status oh that is what you're like striving for and you get like yeah you get a credible buzz from it I love that you've come into our industry from where we're all now trying to get to which is a storytelling background we're going to be diving deep into the beauty that is the product page should we have story on every product page or some for some products is it just not worth it oh my gosh chloe i'm about to have a heart attack i'm about to have a stroke (laughs) well okay so to break it down for you um and for your audience they have to each product has to have its own product description or and also okay there's so many things (laughs) okay And for all you marketing people out there, because I know you guys are thinking to yourself, do I want to spend that money? Do I want that overhead? (laughs) But yes, you do, because I'll break it down. First of all, it's for SEO. 
Okay, so SEO wants to see um, product descriptions on the page, and it has to formulate to Google's EEAT standards, which is, you know, like experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And also, too, you cannot duplicate the information. So say, I'm going to use this as an example, but say I'm MS and I have two black trousers that I have on my website, each of the black trousers have to have two different product descriptions, right? Um, they can't be a duplicate of, of the same one, even if it's maybe potentially from, you know, like a brand like Carhartt or like Levi's, but they have to be different because again, you'll get a ding from Google. So your SEO is going to, it's not going to really do the reach that you want it to do. There's word count usage also too, that's going to help with your SEO. So that's the first thing. Secondly, what people don't think about, and I have to tell people, and I'm kind of like, is the legalities around it. You have to have to write what the material compositions are of your pieces. Like, because the thing is, some people may be allergic, maybe for young, you know, children, it may not be appropriate for them. So you need to have that to cover yourself. And then also too, there obviously, as you can see in the, in the, in the news at the moment, <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> in the news. <laughs> so there's a lot of sustainability and greenwashing that's happening. But obviously the EU just recently put in a very hefty, ban on certain terminologies and, and the ways of speaking. So people really need to view that. Um, the UK has the Green Claims Directive. So that's UK-based. And then obviously the US has the FTC. And then Australia has their own authority that looks over these types of claims. So I believe Gordon Ramsay, actually, the advertising authority here, he there was some sort of green claim in their product description. And um, it wasn't exactly what, you know, the A... SA here in the UK was looking for. So they denied the information. So could you imagine spending all that money on a campaign, the photographs, everything, the website, and then not being able to use the content <laughs> at all? Because she, it'll be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. You've just scared all of us into caring about our product page copy because it, it is increasingly important that we get it right. Whatever our product is, we have to get across certain piece of information to the customer so they are buying the right thing for the right purpose, et cetera, which you know comes into all those, what ingredients are in it, what materials it's made of, et cetera. Then you've got increasing sustainability legislation, which as it's when we go when we go through these kind of pivots, these learning about new things, it's very easy to get tripped up by them when they first come in. And I think we're going to see a lot of people get tripped up as this sustainability legislation starts to play out and people start getting accused, prosecuted, whatever it might be, with it, trying to work out. Because it, it was like up until now on sustainability, it's been kind of like what feels morally right or ethical is what you roll with. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we feel comfortable with that. No, no, guys, now there's legislation <laughs> that's different in different places that you've got to care about. And the, there's the SEO piece. I wanted to quickly bring you back to that because you said the EEAT, which was expertise, experience. Authoritativeness, trustworthiness. And trustworthiness. Got you. Because that I'm, I know everyone's ears will have pricked up on that and you went through it so quickly. Oh, sorry. I guess it's just so second nature, you know, like it's just so... I'm just like, yeah. So could you just give us a little bit on that and then we'll dive into how story helps us with all of these bits and pieces. So of course, of course. Um, also, too, there's something else I want to mention, if that's OK with you, in regards to to scare more people about the product pages. <laughs> so with E-E-A-T or the it used to be eat, but whatever. Google has like in the last 
two, like year two, I would say, in roughly approximately. Basically, they're looking when they're crawling different web pages, which is the jargon, the terminology. What they're looking for is items that would be considered. I mean, it is from an AI or mechanical standard, but you know what would be considered trustworthy or authoritative or of expertise. You know to up your ranking higher up into basically your search engine page when you like, are you going to be on page one in Google? I mean, obviously that's your aim, right? Because people are just going to look at the first three entries that are on Google or in the Google ads, which is obviously we all know PPC is very, pay-per-click is very expensive. So, so yeah, so that's the reason why. And it's say theoretically um, you have a product and you put like one line, it has nothing to do with the product. I mean, how is, how are you going to be trustworthy? You know, like, Google's going to see that and be like, okay, I don't know. The only person that I know is doing that successfully, but it's more because it's more of an ironic sense, is Palace, the UK streetwear, skatewear brand. But And they're doing it in a fun, you know, it's very, you know, ironic, sarcastic, satirical kind of way. But the thing is, is that they already have their audience, so they're not really, I don't think they're really concerned about SEO. Got you. Thank you for taking us through that. And it's, dare we, dare we use the two letters Dare we mention the two letters at this point? I think we'll mention them quickly at this point and then we'll get into story. Because I think for me, the AI impact on copywriting and the AI impact on SEO is actually, it's not that the solution is to generate shed loads of content with an AI bot. It's that now we need to put more effort into our content so we can be 100% certain it's better than what the AI is creating so we, we take ourselves up a level. And that, I think, is why the EEAT is such an important thing to bear in mind when you're working on as kind of low down the food chain, an area as the product page, an easy to forget area. Because if, we, if we're not investing in the copy on these pages, they are prime places for us to be investing in our SEO and to be beating the AI generated content by creating on-brand, interesting, storytelling content that covers all the right bases. And I think, uh, before we go down an AI rabbit hole, would you agree that is that is how AI is really impacting the product page SEO at the moment? Yes, incredibly so. I mean, a lot of us are you know losing our jobs because of it, because they don't understand the significance of having a proper storytelling framework for the product pages. And I'm going to segue and I'm going to come back very quickly. I did like a survey and I asked people in general, I was like, do you read product descriptions? Just curious. Like, does it, do you find it helpful? And I would say, yeah, there, there is that percentage that's like 20%. I would say roughly about 20% were like, eh, I don't really look at them. No problem. But then, as I mentioned, there's so many other attributes than people actually reading them. You know, there's the SEO aspect of it, the legality aspect of it, the green claims um, aspect of it. But, you know, and the thing is, is that also, too, I tell my my clients and a lot of them and before AI, they were just giving it to interns. I mean, they didn't really think that much about it, you know, Um, which, again, I'm not I'm not trying to say anything against interns. There's some fantastic people who are out there. But they're basically, some of them may not have the experience to really consider a lot of the different things that we've just um, talked about. But I really want to also, if I, if I may, Chloe, add this, it's also going to lower your returns rate. I mean, people don't think about that. Like, And also, too, let, let's be for real. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm sorry. You, I'm sure you agree with this. The returns rate on um, e-commerce is, like, ridiculous. It's like an average of 30 to 40%. It's horrendous. Whatever way you look at it, it's horrendous from an 
environmental standpoint, from a customer retention standpoint, from a cost standpoint, from a waste of time, effort and energy. It's just awful. It's just awful. And so often you could reduce that returns rate if you made your product copy better or you took one more photograph. There's so much you could do to stop the customer from going, well, I think that's what I want, but I'll order it, check it and send it back if it's not. You could so totally nip that in the bud. Yeah. Returns is ugh, ugh. Exactly. But there's also a thing called bracketing, which would, let's not even get into that's a whole another conversation. That's really scary. But also is uh, cover your backside. I'm excuse my language. But the thing is, is that like, you know, so many people are saying, well, I returned this because it doesn't have, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you're like, well, unfortunately, our product description did have that, you know, and it's being listed here. So you can use that as a way of like, almost like an agreement in a way, you know, like, well, we did mention that, but next time, you know, We'll try to, I mean, you could do whatever you feel is appropriate for a business, small and large, but yeah, you could say, well, actually, when you have a chance, please look at the product page because it did list that information. I may, I love how many bits and pieces you are giving us here around how we could be doing all of this better and why, more importantly, we should be doing all of this better and taking a proper approach to this. And I love interns. I think interns do a great job, but they only do a great job when they're properly briefed. And the phrase let's just give it to an intern is a terrible one if you're not briefing them properly because garbage in garbage out everybody I could tangent on that for about the next three hours we're not going to tangent on that I'm going to hold myself back but everybody needs support you know what I mean like you're mentioning everybody needs support so I may I think we've sold why you should care about your product copy how do we bring though storytelling be it the brand story, the brand voice, be it the individual product story, how do we get that into our product copy without just adding, and I know some people will be thinking about doing this, oh, we'll do one great paragraph and we'll copy and paste it across all our trousers or across all our product line or this whole category. But that's against EEAT though, you can't do that. This is That's a duplicate copy nightmare, everybody. You are literally shooting your product page in the head if you do that. Correct. So we're not going to do that. How do we in a straightforward, easy to manage way, get the right story into the right product copy in a way that's going to build that customer relationship, that's going to drive the right sales and all the great stuff we want. We have to, I mean, we have to find a balance though, Chloe. The thing is, is that everybody, especially brands, they want everything quicker or faster or cheaper, you know, but that's what the customer sentiment is as well. You know, there's so much writing on the product copy that it does, it is worth you know, having someone who is kind of has an idea what they're doing to get in there and to, you know, structure it. So the first thing I would recommend to anybody in, in regards to creating the um, story and to, to answer your question on the product page is to first consider what is your aim here? Like, what is the goal? Like, I mean, obviously you want them to buy something, but are you also trying to sell your brand? I mean, what are you trying to do? You know what I'm saying? And then the second thing is, I would say, is to structure it. The structure of your product page is going to help increase the efficiency, the productivity, and the rate of how it can quickly be passed through by somebody who is kind of has that support to be able to, you know, or has some training to do it, you know. So that's what I do. That's the first thing I do with my clients is the first that we talk about, you know, we do like the strategy in a, a way around them. You know, we talk about who is the aim, who we're looking at you know, what benefits do they feel this 
the target audience is going to be connected to, which I will I will advise on as well. And then we'll talk about what is the results or goals or the KPIs, you know, that they, their key performance indicators that they're looking for, you know, when they when we put this product page out. And then from there, I will structure it. And then the structure can be the same for consistency. I'm not talking about the actual, that's not the story. But, you know, but just to basically like, you know, are we going to have four bullet points? Are we going to have six bullet points? Are we going to, because bullet points, people read things better in bullet point form. Also, people intake things in threes better psychologically. Also, to how we're going to use consumer behavior psychology and within it, are we doing the industry standard? You, you can go, you can do whatever you want. But the industry standard for the actual paragraph is 300 characters. So then... From there, we, you know, I'll say, well, do you want, some people tell me, no, I want more for SEO, you know, and I was like, okay, whatever. We do 300 characters. And then from there, we'll progress on to, again, as I said, like the compositions, the benefits, if you want to do a bullet points with the benefits and then just have that kind of streamlined. So then that basic frame or structure or wireframe in a way, if you want to think of it like that, can be continuously repeated down the assembly line. Got you. So, and it also becomes then a bit of a checklist as well, doesn't it? Oh, this one hasn't got bullet points. That's not good. What should be in the bullet points? How does that fit here? And I, I love the way you were talking about the goals because I think it also then becomes like every brand has products that a new customer is likely to buy, and every brand has products that a repeat customer is likely to buy. Even if you know, sometimes it's a bit hard to track and hard to analyze, but you could analyze it. And then sometimes it's really blindingly obvious, like this is the face cream and this is the face cream refill. And you know, it's like you have slightly different goals, slightly different audience for those two. And therefore, if you're setting the goals and you're understanding that at category level, at product level, whatever it needs to be for you, you as a business, then you can create these structures quite easily. And I would, I would assume another a sensible way for a brand to be doing this would be to be going, right, that's our continuity lines these are our top 20 percent sellers these are the ones we're going to roll it out to first these are the ones we're going to invest in first and maybe we have a cut down version for the long tail of the product i can see you nodding but i i'm thinking we probably need to do them all sooner or later for the seo benefit if nothing else i mean things could change things are changing very rapidly and very quickly right now so usually they give it to me in segments in collections and, you know, depending, I mean, because I work a lot in footwear and fashion, but I mean, obviously, in, but in product as well, which I do a lot of product, you know, they'll come up with a product line, you know, like it's usually in lines, you know, that's so we'll work on a whole line and collection, you know, and we'll segment it like that, you know, because obviously they all have like a story stream that goes throughout them, you know, that we need to go with. So to give you kind of like a short case study, the case study everybody talks about, but I'm just, it's just everybody understands it and knows it, it's Patagonia. So obviously they have a very ecological stance. And I mean, let, okay, let's be, let's be honest. I can, I can't be honest with you, Chloe. Like it's a very well-made jacket. Like it's a very well-made jacket, but there's a lot of very well-made outdoor jackets out there, you know? So for them, as an example, their storyline is how their values are infused into the pieces. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, like, you know, on what angle, like almost like a um, journalistic piece, you know, what angle do you want to go in? with these you know if you're struggling with with how do we bring story into it think about imagine imagine like um the apprentice is split into five teams instead of two and they're given they're all given the same product and told to come up with a way to sell it and let's go go with your idea of the outdoor jacket here there's the outdoor jacket and one team is going to come up with it saving the planet and another team is going to come up with it you know being perfect for going up everest and another team is going to come with it looking great 
Elsie, and they'll each come up with a different angle on that product. And that's the bit you're trying to work out which is your angle, which is your story, and how does that fit in that product versus another product. And I thought what you were saying about you'll attack one collection or one product range at a time is such a sensible way to do it because then you make sure you don't accidentally duplicate yourself across everything if you're looking at that whole piece in one go. Any other tips for those listening who are wanting to get more story onto their product pages before we head into the insider tips, Amy? Of course, the big one, the big, big one. This is the one. Everybody write this down. Read your customer reviews. <laughs> Read them. Trust pilot. Get on Amazon. Read the reviews. So I work with, you know, independent businesses and I work with very large brands. So it kind of varies. But certain people don't really understand what I when we talk about the angle or how we're going to approach the product copy. Some don't know. I mean, or some, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's the way it is. It just, it just comes like that. So the thing is, is that when you're like sitting there, like, and the person's like, uh, you know, uh, okay. So the first thing I would do in that case is that I would read the product reviews and maybe if it's a new product launch, also I specialize in product launches, which is understandable. Your, your, your product hasn't launched yet. I would look at things that are analogous or we'll have a conversation around brands that you admire, not your competition. I hate that. I think it's stupid. I'm like, you don't want to sound like your competition, but you're going to be naturally inclined to want to kind of emulate a brand that you admire. So I would look at similar, again, products that are analogous or or within that field and see what the cost, the, the story will come out from the customers. Because like I was doing a line of beauty cases, like led beauty cases. And the main tagline came from something that someone sent from another very similar product line. That was the tagline came from them and the story, like how they approached it, how they looked at it. A lot of people don't think about this, but like when you're dealing with skincare, I know it sounds kind of funny, but when you're dealing with skincare, anything beauty, the, a lot of people are thinking about the fragrance, the scent of it. That's not really being talked about sometimes. Or if it's fragrance-free, obviously some people are sensitive, but whatever. But they're thinking about the scent. So that's coming out of the, the reviews the, the people are telling me. Yeah, it all comes back to the customer, doesn't it? Every single time comes back to the customer. I'm going to add one more tip in before we head uh, in towards the inside of tips, which is if you, you're you really struggling to get that customer viewpoint, go and hire a market stand somewhere and put your product in people's hands and see what they say about it. Or go to a coffee shop or something and, and accost some people and such simple way. Oh, Aime's got, got something too. She's looking so out of base on the video. We're going to have to let her come back. Give, give us another another piece of advice. To jam from what you're saying, I accosted a pregnant woman <laughs> at a coffee shop because she was wearing like Birkenstocks type shoes. And I literally like accosted her. I said, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be weird or rude or whatever, but I'm doing a line of these, like something's very similar. And, you know, I was like, do you mind? I can I ask you three questions. You know, I want to get your impressions on them. And she was so lovely. And she gave me five minutes of her time. And that really, really influenced the work. Also too, I highly recommend I, and I do this in my frameworks for finding, uncovering our target audience is to actually physically go into the brick and mortar store and experience the customer journey yourself. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where a lot of the story is going to come from, you know, is actually from there. Love that. Okay. I may, it has been brilliant picking your brains about product pages and storytelling therein. Listeners, remember to listen right to the end so you don't miss out on IMA's insider tips on storytelling, which are coming up very soon, and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business.
See revenue growth like never before with e-commerce specialist Revenue Growth Agency. Revenue Growth Agency combines powerful storytelling with robust data-driven testing and learning to create impressive full-funnel digital marketing strategies. Always focusing on new customer acquisition to fuel sustainable revenue growth over time. Revenue Growth Agency work as part of your own team to get under the skin of your business and your audience. If your brand has hit a revenue ceiling, Revenue Growth Agency has the key to unlock your true growth potential. Get started with a free 30-minute storytelling and strategy consultation. Quote KEEP, K-E-E-P, to get your session with Revenue Growth Agency's founder, Andy Donaldson, for free. Book via keepopt.com forward slash Revenue Growth Agency now. Okay, Ime, so far we've gone deep into the product page. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of storytelling. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with storytelling, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. Ime, are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? They need to look at what we call the story arc. So you need to think of things as the beginning, the climax, the arc, and the end. Simple as that. And how does how do we bring that into a product page? We've only got those 300 characters. Is it literally kind of like the problem solution fix? Yeah, simple as that. Simple as that, everybody. Think arcs. The first line needs to be kind of a hook and also to always put your somebody. I got dinged for this once. You have to put the product name in the first line. So repeat the product name in the first line as well. Correct. Top tip there. Okay. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? We spoke about this before, but reviews, 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 read the reviews, read the reviews, read the reviews. (laughs) So going back and revisiting the copy on those products that you're still selling and pulling in what the reviews, which I guess really helps with the returns piece we were talking about earlier as well. Correct. Awesome. Okay. If someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? So one is to start looking at the art of script writing, which you could do at your local library. There's, I'm sure there's thousands of things on YouTube you can check out. And then secondly, I would say Joseph Campbell, the American author, he looked at what we call the hero's journey. So he looked at different archetypes of people and how a story was created. So something that's a little bit more academic, but you can kind of look into that. And then also to one that a lot of marketers love is Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand. So that's going to be very helpful. And he talks about the hero's journey. He gets into it and he gives you actionable steps. So that's an incredible book to get you thinking about storytelling. Loving those three. Thank you very much. Um, And finally, crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months, dare we predict, that we should be getting ready for? Uh, Yeah, AI. AI. I mean, we already know about it, but it's going to, it's really uh, accelerating very quickly. So um, most people, you know, provide me with AI scripts now and just tell me to rewrite them. So I have to make a living. (laughs) Does that speed up the process at all? No, it doesn't. Yeah. I can see there's space for AI in the research side of creating copy and maybe some brainstorming aspects, but and thinking of angles you hadn't previously thought of. But 
the idea of getting the AI to write it for you and then rewriting it just it just seems like this isn't really speeding anything up or making anything better. No, no, and no, no. But the thing is, is that for them on their end, it's speeding up the creative brief process because basically they don't want to provide a creative brief. Ah, uh, okay. So the client is making their own life easier by making yours a bit harder. Yeah, of course. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes I mean I can I can see that would speed up a brief and actually it might enable a brief to happen when it otherwise might not. So maybe mm, I don't I feel like in the whole AI space we're just in such a learning curve and we're at the beginning of the learning curve and a lot of people are I'm trying to learn from other people's mistakes rather than my own I suppose and there's a lot of people making some mistakes in terms of how they're using it that will come to bite them later. Yeah. Because it's it's just all repurposed material that we've written already, and also to don't try it for SEO. SEO right now that I've experienced is it's not very good. I want it's not worth it. Also, too, there's a lot of times where I get these scripts and I just rewrite them because there's no story for the actual customer. Yeah, I'm like, this is not what a you know, let's say a 28 year old woman's thinking about for her skincare. You know? Yeah. I feel we could we could we could go off on this for a couple of days too. So let's not. Um, Aime, we're very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business so they can go and get your help improving their product copy? Definitely. So I'm at copyunleashed.com. So you can always find me there. But also too, I'm in the process of moving back to New York City. And you can find me on LinkedIn. So I'm yeah, I'm doing more consulting. I also help people with their product launches. So yeah. So anyone from UK, US, globally? Globally. I may is there to help you. Global <laughs> outlook. <laughs> I may thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast. Uh, it's been brilliant hearing your take on this, a true proper copywriter's take on how we can make our product pages sing. And uh, I wish you all the best for the move back stateside. Thank you very much, Chloe. And I really appreciate you having me on the show. I'm very honored. How marvelous is Ime? Um, I could have spoken to her for the whole of the afternoon, but I think we would have probably got increasingly ranty. Uh, but a rant is good. So brilliant to be talking product pages here because we did in the last episode we talked about getting that top of funnel video right in the first episode of this the mini series on storytelling we talked about doing it through your customer acquisition channel i think after you've kind of got that funnel piece right the next place to go it's not your home page it's not even your about us page and i say that as someone who is very passionate about as an about an about us page it's your product pages because that's where the conversion is taking place. That's where the buying decision is being made. And it is such an important page for getting the right customer to buy the right product at the right time, which will save you money and increase your margins and all those kind of good things and help you with customer lifetime value down the line. It's also important for SEO and AI is not the solution to your SEO traffic right now. We are at a point where a lot of people are using AI badly and I am not an AI denier. Uh, or anything like that. But there's a lot of people using it badly at the moment and using it in the right place is the right goal. And just expecting it to do your AI for your product pages for you is not the goal here. It's not going to give you what you want. So brilliant tips from IMA around SEO, around bringing in all those different factors you've got to take into account on the product page, around legalities, around sustainability, around duplicate content, around word count, around SEO, the EEAT that you need to be doing to get that recognition from Google to get your yourself up the SERPs, the search engine ranking pages. 
Think about what the goal is with those product pages. Maybe you're segmenting them into different groups. Think about, therefore, what your standardized structure, that will make life so much easier. It becomes both your, your structure and your checklist will make your life so much easier. And most importantly, read the customer reviews because they will give you what you need on the story front. You can get links to all those things we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com or use our special direct episode short links. Just put keepopt.com forward slash other number of this episode into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the right episode page. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. Our whole set of episodes about storytelling is now live. So please do have a listen to them all. Either scroll up your podcast feed and you'll see them just above this episode or below, depending on which way your feed's going. Or you can use the short link keepopt.com forward slash story to find all our storytelling content on the website. Where We've also pulled a few episodes from the past where we get deep into story as well. Our next masterclass topic is email marketing. Yeah, we're talking email. Let's keep talking about customer conversions and copy and all those kind of good things. We'll also be having an episode on the deliverability nightmare that's currently going on. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday to catch our email marketing series and make sure you're subscribed to us or following us on your favorite podcast player so you get all the updates. If you know someone who is particularly interested in storytelling or email or just generally improving their e-commerce marketing, please do tell them that we're covering it all because this show exists to help you and them improve your marketing. Have a brilliant week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything, keep optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Don't forget to book your free 30-minute storytelling and strategy consultation. Quote Keep to get your session with Revenue Growth Agency's founder, Andy Donaldson, for free. Book via keepopt.com forward slash revenue growth agency now.